don't know if it picked it up or not, but that uh, was so funny. <laughs> it really was. I hope it did pick at least a little bit of it up. <laughs> what is going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Off the Books podcast. It has been a while. It's been a minute. It's more been a than minute. a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's been, it's been a while. It's all Brandon's fault. It mainly is. Anyways, um, yeah, but we're back, <laughs> and we actually have a book today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, today we have we have uh, in another world with my smartphone. Which, if the name didn't give anything away, this is clearly Brandon's pick. <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. This is, uh... Sorry, I'm looking for the name of the author and I don't even see it here. <laughs> but yeah, this was one of my picks. Gotcha. It's, um... Uh, I think the 28th volume in the series is... Excuse me, coming out like <laughs> this mess. month. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Um, and I'm like halfway through the 14th volume. But okay, this, but this is the first. It's gotcha. a great. It's a great series. It's it's got very humble beginnings, and once we get through this, I'm gonna throw out some situations that just happen. And you can see how far, at least in 14 books, this book has spiraled. Okay. Because it's, it is honestly hilarious. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, shall I can proceed? You proceed away. Okay, I need a drink. <laughs> <laughs> I can't with him, guys. Please uh, save me. Anyways. So... In the divine realm, God reveals to Toya Muchizuki that he messed up and killed him by accidentally throwing lightning down on Earth. Toya recalls being struck by lightning while walking home from school in a storm as God bows and sincerely apologizes. God points out that Toya seems to be acting far too calmly having just died, and Toya responds that while he still has a hard time believing it, what's done is done, and there's no reason to point fingers. So, his mind, the the main character's like mindset has always fascinated me when it comes to this about how easily he's just like, okay, this exists now, so I'm just gonna roll with it. <laughs> like, gotcha. why? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Uh, Toya asks God what will happen to him now that he's dead, and God reveals that he can resurrect Toya into another world of which Toya gladly accepts. God hears this and states that Toya is a truly wonderful person and says to make up for his mistake, God is willing to grant a small favor for Toya uh, when he is reincarnated. At this, Toya asks God about the world that he is being sent to, and learning of the world's developmental stage, Toya requests that God makes his smartphone function in said world. God replies that it is possible, but there will be restrictions such as no communication to anyone on Earth, as well as no texting, internet, or posting to social media. 
God does say that the search function and internet browsing is all right. He also says he will give Toya his telephone number uh, and will link the battery directly to magic so it stays charged. Interesting. Yeah. That's that's how the the smartphone works in this world. So... Can we have that? Because I would love my phone to be magically charged. Well, we need magic first. You you don't know we don't have that. Uh, you know, it could have been around at one point. True. It could have, but I, I don't know. And I don't know if I want to put that opinion that I believe in that out there <laughs> either. <laughs> then all the all the witches and ghouls will come <clears throat> after you. Yes. Yes. Continue, good sir. Oh, shit. Where was I? Okay. Oh, yeah. His phone stays charged with magic. Hearing this, Toya confusingly asked God if people actually use magic in this world. God confirms this and says that in due time, Toya will be able to use it as well. God states that he can't interfere with the lower world directly... And so, as a little present, he gives Toya his basic abilities a boost. Excuse me. Oh my god. In order to prevent him from dying too soon. After God tells Toya to call him on his new phone should he need advice, he smiles and says goodbye to Toya, who instantly passes out. I just gotta get one thing clear. God has a cell phone? He gave Toya his number. Dude. Okay. And it's funny because like, there, there's an anime from this. So when God calls him, it literally pops up God on his phone. And Dude. he's like, why the hell is he calling me? I think if I believed in a God, I'd want their number. But I feel like God wouldn't just randomly give out numbers, you know? He'd be like, don't bother me with your issues. Yeah. But but let me call you, man. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that's hysterical. No, it's, God has a phone number. It's funny how connected Toya becomes through this series, through literally just a few random encounters that he has that mm-hmm. set him on this very, very strange path. Yeah. All right, so that's our prologue. So he pa- he passes out. This ch- this book is only four chapters. Wait, I gotta understand. He goes to another world. Mm-hmm. He gets a smartphone. No, no, no. He's in his world and has his smartphone and dies. Oh, and God was like, "Hey, God took here's him- my number just in case." God took him to heaven and was like, "I killed you on accident." What? <laughs> it's it's like the Betty White and the Queen thing. It was like God, we got her. The the old, you know, it kind of fucked up doing it right before her hundredth birthday. And he's like, "Which one did you take, Betty White?" No. Yeah. So God God kills him accidentally, and Toya's <laughs> like, "Ah, it's no big deal, man." <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> And God's like, you're such a kind young man. I'm going to reincarnate you. 
and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give all of your abilities. I'm going to give them a, just a little boost. A little boost. It's a massive fucking boost, which we find out. And he also says you can take one thing with you. All right, how about my smartphone? Maybe I can look up like how to fucking farm and shit like that. And I can help this world grow technolo- technologically cuz they're only yeah. in the middle like the middle ages. And God goes, I'll one-up you. Here's my fucking number. <laughs> this is the best thing ever. Toya goes, check the digis. Check the digis. <laughs> He's just like, oh my God, God's calling me. <laughs> oh my God, that's so fucking funny. Okay, we're good. <laughs> so silly no the no 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 it get the interactions with god and other gods gets even crazier it gets it gets like funnier throughout this entire series okay because they they basically use him as television in in heaven at this point and just watch him (laughs) just watch shit that he does (laughs) they're they're just (laughs) All of these high-powerful people just sitting around watching a screen. Wow, he's doing great. You know what? I should give him a call right now. Every <laughs> once in a while, they pop in and say they're members of his family. Proceed. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Toya wakes up surrounded by mountains and plains. As Toya ponders what to do next, he is immediately contacted by God. <laughs> who says that the phone's digital map and compasses are fully functional in the new world and that he decides to decided to transport toya outside of town so as not to cause a commotion he tells toya to follow the map to the nearest town uh before ending the call toya looks at the map and decides to head for reeflet in the kingdom of belfast Unfortunately, after walking for for a while, Toya realizes he still lacks basic necessities to function. As Toya ponders about what to do, I forgot about this, about what to do, <laughs> he notices a carriage heading past. The carriage stops a short way ahead of him and a mustached gentleman comes out. He is immediately fascinated with Toya's clothes and offers to trade them, <laughs> trade them in and... In return, will take Toya to Reeflet, provide a new set of clothes, and a generous sum of money. Toya accepts the deal and rides with the man who introduces himself as Zanuck Zenfield to Reeflet. I have questions. I know. I knew you were going to, and that's why I stopped. Okay. I think I was at the end of that sentence. To an extent, yeah. Yeah. Um... So is he just naked getting a ride back? No. This guy just said, hey, we're similar build. No. And I want your clothes. They're not similar build at all. Oh, Jesus Christ. Zanuck's a very short man. My my next, the rest of the sentence clears up what you're confused about. Gotcha. Continue. Okay, where was I? During the ride to Reflet which Toya learns that Zanuck works in the fashion industry, <laughs> owning his own shop known as Fashion King Zanuck. Gotcha. Yes. 
So he's a fashion queen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh. I, okay. After three hours of travel, Toya finally arrives at Zanuck's shop in Reeflet. Upon seeing a sign of the shop, Toya realizes he cannot understand the local writing, even though he can speak. Toya changes all of his clothes, and Zanuck pays him ten gold coins for the trouble. He's literally changing at one point, and this isn't mentioned here. He's changing at one point, and Zanuck pops his head in, and he's like, I've got some clothes for you out here. And all Toya's in is his underwear, and he goes, can I buy those underwear from you, too? And he sells him his fucking underwear. (laughs) You know, you can make a good amount of money selling underwear. Taylor, don't. I'm just saying. Don't sell your underwear. I'm not, I'm not going to. I'm just I know saying. There's, I know you, there's, like there's desperate, ways. Desperate times call for desperate measures, but Agreed. don't sell your underwear. No, I would never. We'll talk about it later. It's like I never said that I hadn't already. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> but, I mean, 500 bucks is 500 bucks. Anyways... <laughs> fucking crackhead before he leaves Toya asks Zanuck if there is an inn to spend the night in Reeflet Zanuck recommends going to Silver Moon near his shop to Toya Toya thanks Zanuck and bids farewell before heading towards the inn after walking for a while Toya eventually spots a building with a crescent moon sign indicating his ar- he has arrived at the inn Toya enters and goes to the counter where a red-haired woman was working. Toya asks her for a room, and when inquiring about the cost of the stay per night, she answers that one night with two meals a day is worth two copper coins. Having no copper coins whatsoever, Toya asks the woman how many nights he could get with one gold coin, which she responds, 50. Taken aback by the value, Toya pays for a month stay at the inn. When the woman requests Toya's name for the registry, she re- he responds, Mochizuki Toya. She thinks that Mochizuki is Toya's first name, and he corrects her. Upon hearing this, the woman asks Toya if he is from Ishin due to his reversal of name and surname, to which Toya vaguely confirms. Toya then orders lunch before checking out of his room. After lunch, Toya bids farewell to the woman, who in turn told her name was Micah, before going for a walk through town. Not a whole lot happening. He's renting a room. He's going to take a walk. He ate some lunch. (laughs) This guy, (laughs) to be fair, got killed on accident. He deserves a room walk and lunch exactly i mean he's he is making the best of his time you know he's like might as well get rid of of these clothes i've died in you know get those away which was like his it was like his school uniform because he's like 15 dude this poor child he's living life man no parents, no responsibilities yet. And clearly does not understand currency because, of course, copper is less than gold. Yeah. So, okay. So, technically, 
He has nine more gold coins to stay for another like 50 days each. Yeah. Wow. He's living large. Yeah. He is high royalty right now. His, um, the, there is an anime for this and it took like quite a few years for the second season to come out, but it finally did and it mm-hmm. just finished. And the first season is like, oh, okay. Like, this is pretty normal. And then you start reading the books, and the second season's like, okay, this is getting a little little strange. This is a little not what I expected <laughs> when I first got into this. Yeah. By the time you're, like, to the, the end of this, at least, like, caught up in the series, you're just like, all right, this has gone, like, six different ways from Sunday. <laughs> like... We're we're in like a new genre at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> now, to continue with chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> Toya notices that many people throughout town are carrying weapons, ranging from axes, knives, swords, and whips. Toya makes a mental note to buy a weapon for himself and wonders how he intends to make a living in this world, which we were just kind of talking about. Yeah. Um, as Toya wanders in thought, he hears voices arguing from a back alley of the main street and decides to investigate. He's on the case. Upon reaching there, Toya finds two men who look like thugs quarreling with two girls over a deal involving crystal deer antlers. Crystal meth. Got it. (laughs) It was like that water white, like blue crystal meth color, too. Anyways... (laughs) Toya <laughs> describes the girls as almost entirely identical, save for a few differences, such as one having longer hair and being full of energy while the other one was neater and more composed. As the men are about to make off with the products, Toya intervenes and offers to buy the antlers from the girls instead. The men protest this, but Toya simply destroys the antlers. Enraged, one of the men... For, uh, Oh, enraged, one of the men draws his knife and attacks Toya, to which Toya easily dodges before knocking him down with a move he learned from his grandfather. Grandfather or God? He learned it from his grandfather, but God gave him the power to do it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm caught up. With he you. is God's soldier at this point. This is hysterical. <laughs> this is... This is funny. <laughs> I've never honestly thought about that. He is God's soldier. This this is good. Like <laughs> Toya attributes his newfound strength to the boost that God had given to his body and senses. <laughs> with the knife wielder dealt with, Toya turns around to find the long haired girl handedly taking down the other thog with thug with her gauntlets the other thug the other thug with her gauntlets with both men down Toya hands the long haired girl her gold coin as promised the girls are grateful for Toya's assistance and the long haired twin and the short haired twin introduce themselves as Elise and Lynn's Silahuska fair yeah we're gonna go with that yeah uh respectively Toya gives his full name in reverse, and just like Micah, the twins assume that he's from Ishin. Toya wonders what kind of country Ishin is. Yeah, because this guy is just, like, 
no care in the world like yeah yeah I'm, I'm from there that makes sense and then like wonder if it's like awful of like thugs and like he he's shown as this really bad guy from where he's from kind of like when you say you're from baltimore and you're like oh you've seen some shit <laughs> you know <Just> yeah <laughs> yeah I i've have. seen some shit <laughs> Since the twins were looking for an end to stay in as well, they decide to head back to Silver Moon together. Once the t- twins were settled in, Toya has dinner with them and they chat about the botched deal earlier. Elise remarks that she and her sister should only take requests from the guild from now on and tells Linz they should register tomorrow. Hearing this, Toya becomes interested in the guild and asks the twins if he can come with them to register himself. The twins agreed, and the three of them returned to their rooms for the night. Next paragraph. You know, I'm surprised that from what you've shown me before for, like, books and shows, that so far these women aren't like, oh my gosh, you're my husband. Is that coming up? Just wait until the Jesus end of the book. Jesus Christ. It's not them. It's not them. It's not them. You know, I I should have just held my fucking mouth for that one. Jesus Christ. Okay. No, the what the it comes out of left field. It really does. Okay. <clears throat> God, God damn it! I shouldn't have said anything, but I couldn't hold my smile back <laughs> because it's not going to be as funny now for you when we get there. <laughs> oh, it'll still be. Funny. The next morning, the trio head for the guild, the guild building in the middle of town. They register into the guild and learn the basics. The guild publicizes quests from individual or groups. Adventurers of the guild complete quests and get paid with guild, with the guild collecting a small fee for their services. Quests are color ranked in terms of difficulty. The trio learn certain rules of questing, such as only one quest may be completed at a time. And adventurers who fail to complete their quest get charged. The guild also tells them the trio will not interfere in any fights between adventurers unless damages it damages the guild in any fashion. <clears throat> With the registration complete, the trio would be given special cards to indicate their identity and guild rank, black for all three of them. They look through the guild request and decide to take on a hunt for five lone-horned wolves in a forest east of Reeflet. When Toya points out that he lacks weapons, they decide to head to a weapon store where Elise gets herself some leg armor. Linz buys a silver wand and Toya settles on a sword that resembles a Japanese katana. They also stop at a general store for supplies before setting off. You're doing great. I feel like it. I really do. (laughs) Okay, we're almost on chapter two. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my god. Upon, upon arriving at the forest, Toya realizes that his sixth sense... He has a sixth sense that allows him to accurately track his surroundings, which helps him detect the lone horned dwarves before they appear. Lee swiftly dispatches two while Toya kills two more, and Linz takes down the rest with fire magic. The trio cut off the horns as proof of the completion and head back to the guild... To claim their reward. The guild gives them 18 copper coins. 
as promised, Antoya learns that the that the guild cards record the quantity and difficulty of quests completed, sufficient quests uh, completed, allowing them to move up in rank. Toya asks Linz if she can teach him how to read and write the local language, which he agrees. Toya then asks Linz uh, to teach him magic, but she responds that depends on his aptitude. When he asks to find out his aptitude, Linz takes out several colored spell stones, which <clears throat> specific, which yeah, spell stones used specifically to test that. Good job. Got there eventually. Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. I've got dry mouth. Anyways, what? <laughs> Just funny. Just. <laughs> I got dry mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Just sounded like a ghoul. Uh, sometimes. Toya takes the spellstones for the spellstone for water magic and attempts to cast a spell, which causes a large spray of water to burst out of the stone. Amazed, the twins tell Toya that he has an abnormal amount of magic. Later, Linz teaches Toya how to read and write. Starting with simple sentences, during which Toya realizes that he has an enhanced memory from God's gift. He searches Ishin on his map and notes how strikingly similar to it is to Japan. Hmm. They also don't mention he had every he had aptitude for every type of magic. Which is seven different types. So he could do it all. Yes. Wow. God really blessed him. Yeah. (laughs) The next morning, Toya resumes his his magic lessons with Linz. She tells him the magic in the world categorized into certain elements, each with their own unique spells, with every person having an aptitude to one, more, or none at all. She notes one particular element, Null, as different from the others, behaving more like a set of personal spells exclusive only to those who can cast it like Elise, who can use boost. Linz brings out the stones again and has Toya test his aptitude for all of them. And much to her shock, Toya is capable of magic from all of the elements, including Null, where he successfully casts the rare gate spell. Later that day, during lunchtime, Toya uses his phone to introduce ice cream as a new menu item for Micah and her friend Air at her cafe. Linz queries about this strange device to which Toya hastily covers his tracks, claiming it to be a magical item that only he can use. Linz is suspicious but does not pry any further. Despite some complications, the ice cream is a huge success with all the girls enjoying it. Toya remarks about the differences and advancement between his old world and this new one. That is chapter one. So now his cell phone can create ice cream? No, he, f- he figured out the recipe for it. Oh and they made it. Oh my god. But he was able to get that information because of his smartphone. I feel like it's not that fucking hard to make ice cream. From scratch? Yeah. Where you gotta find the ingredients as well? Okay. 
Again, it's not like a grocery store. I get it. I don't... I, off the top of my head, I couldn't make ice cream from scratch. Uh, like heavy whipping, like heavy cream flavoring. I know there's salt for some reason. Yeah, salt, but salt on the ice around it. And then you like, <laughs> and then you just keep like mashing it until it, like the ice makes it like thick. <laughs> I don't something like that i don't know i feel like i could make it off the top of my head if you gave me the correct stuff i'd either make a lot of it or it'd be way off one way or another because i wouldn't know measurements that is true yeah yeah okay chapter two chapter two Toya, Linz, and Elise look for quests at the guild's board. Uh, Toya practices his reading by suggesting uh, a quest to hunt mega slimes in the northern ruins for eight silver coin, but the twids refuse, citing their dislike of slime's ability to melt clothes. Instead, they opt to take a test to deliver a letter to the capital for seven, seven silver coins, Coincidentally, for Xanax Zenfield. As Toya ponders about the um, travel time to the capital, he realizes this trip is more beneficial since he will have easy access to the capital via use of gate. They meet up with Xanax, who, <clears throat> who gives them the specifics for their quest, uh, which is to deliver a letter from Xanax to v- Viscount Carloso Sordrick. Carlosa. Sordrick, in Belfast, capital city of Aphis. All traveling expenses will be paid for by Zanuck, and any remaining funds will be theirs to keep. Was there something you you wanted to say to me a minute ago? Yeah, um, I was just gonna make a funny comment about what about the slimes, mega slimes, and thinking, oh, Rimuru. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get bitch slapped by Rumaru. I think it's funny because it, this is not the last time that this quest specifically is mentioned. This one for the Mega Slimes. Mm. Because he he suggested at least three more times. Interesting. Um, and then they do. It's At one point they do and it's like a side story. Don't mind Brandon just getting more beer. After I handed you one that I got out all quietly. I know. You were very sweet. Thank you. Throwing me under the bus. No, I'm just hearing all of the ice getting sloshed around. But you're doing great. I know. I'm fantastic. Anyways. With specifics taken care of, the Quinn's... Uh, twins you said quins yeah that's what I was like (laughs) with specifics taken care of the twins get supplies while Toya rents a carriage Toya thinks the carriage he got was a little more than a cart but it still beats walking what's more the twins were good with animals and so took turns coaching the horses they 
travel northward, passing through the town of Nolan before arriving at a town called Amisk. Yeah. To rest for the day, after settling in at, at the local inn, the trio went out to take care... Or went out around town to dinner, <laughs> but as they were looking, they noticed a scuffle taking place and decide to check it out. A fucking course they do. I just love the use of the word scuffle. <laughs> Look over there, guys. It's a scuffle happening. Little, 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 little scuffle. It's all fucking Donnybrook. It happens. <laughs> <clears throat> there they find a foreign-looking girl wearing a kimono and wielding... Diasho blades facing off against several ruffians. They attack, but she is able to knock some of them out. When she starts slowing down, Toya blinds one of them with some earth magic before knocking him out. Has anyone seen... Have you seen King of the Hill? Uh, some of it, but not, like, the whole thing. Do you, So you know who Dale Gribble is? The next-door neighbor... Yes. It's the conspiracy dude. Yes, okay. Toya literally hits this dude in the face with pocket sand. That's literally what he does, except instead of grabbing it from his pocket and shooting it, he just shoots it out of his hand. <laughs> right into this dude's fucking face. <laughs> you know, that's fair. If you're acting like a bitch, a little sand in your face will stop you. Just pocket sand. <laughs> pocket sand. <laughs> Kinetic sand. <laughs> uh, not even sand at all. <laughs> okay. I gotta remember where I was here. Hmm. Elise joins the fray and takes the rest of them down. The party leave when the town guards arrive to arrest the ruffians. The girls thank the the girl thanks the trio for the, their assistance, before introducing herself as Kokonoe Yai. That's probably one of the best <laughs> best I've had with a name so far. I I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that statement. Upon hearing Yai uh, state her name and refers, Toya asks if she is from Ishin, to which she confirms, specifically from. Odeo, which Toya notes is the old name for Tokyo in Japan. Oh, shit. After accidentally letting slip of his true home, Toya tells Yai uh, they can exchange pleasantries later once they find a place to eat. Once sat down, Yai reveals she is on a journey to improve her combat skills owing to her warrior heritage. She tells the trio she intends to meet someone in the capital who will help her. Since they were traveling to the same spot, Toya's party convinces her to tag along with them, and they depart for the capital the next day. Toya feels ashamed for being unable to drive the carriage even when Yai could handle it, and so bur he buries himself in magic studying, where he finds out he can use any type of null spell as long as he knows the name and effect, like Elise's boost as well as Power Rise. He also casts a port with some difficulty after reading a book known for null spells borrowed from Lees. A port is a spell that allows him to, like, 
take things that are small. Just he like he tried to take Yai's sword and it wouldn't wouldn't do it. But the ribbon in her hair was fine for it. And then he literally goes, "This would be good for stealing panties." And the girls are like, "Please don't do that." And he goes, "Oh, I was just I was just I was just saying. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I was just, just saying." I'm just letting you know some weird man who owns a fashion store took my panties. So I deserve some panties in return. Oh my god. You know? Yes. If you get your panties stolen, I feel like you have... That's on you. <laughs> for putting yourself in that situation. For even for even giving someone the opportunity to steal your panties. <laughs> that's on you. Uh, I feel like some people can, like, like, randomly steal panties, which is just weird. Were they willing the panties off of people? <laughs> no, but like wonder if they like go into a person's house or like hotel room and they're like looking through the drawers and then they just like take a take a set of panties. Like it's a, it's a panty raid. <laughs> panty raid. <laughs> yeah. I'm showing my age. Yeah, you are. Because it's SpongeBob. What? <laughs> what? Did you just say from Spongebob? Yeah. There's a panty raid in Spongebob? Yes. When? Oh, they do it to Squidward's house, don't they? They do. I forget if they do it to Squidward, but it's Patrick and Spongebob, and then they get Mr. Krabs involved, and they go, Mr. Krabs, we're going on a panty raid. And he goes, oh, boy, sign me up. And then they go into a house, and it's Mr. Krabs is <laughs> How do you not know? Can it's we, your mother. Can, can we watch this episode after this? <laughs> fuck fuck so the bullshit funny. episode. We can do it later. We it's gotta watch so this. about a panty raid. <laughs> Dude, it, it kills me. Oh, so great. Just continue. I'm dying over here. Oh my god. Alright, oh. breathe. Breathe. Now drink. There you go. Alright, she's back. Much better. Much better. She's back. <laughs> <laughs> Three days into the journey, Toya learns slip and long sense. Both null, null spells. Both would help with the panty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> the latter of which he uses he uses to detect a high class carriage with soldiers up ahead being attacked by lizard men. The party race to the scene and rescue them, but the lizard men numbers seem to be endless. Linz finds out why. What the fuck? <laughs> there's, a bla- there's a black-robed man calling the lizard men with summoning magic to attack the carriage. Seeing the man, Toya knocks him down with slip 
and Yai lops his head off, after which the lizard men fade away. I love that she just casually murders someone. Yeah. And, like, they don't. They're, they're just like, oh, yeah, she killed him. Just straight out killed <laughs> no, him. No more lizard men. He's done. <laughs> He's done. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. So, Toya asks everyone if everyone is all right, and when they confirm so, he goes to check on the guards, and they report seven casualties out of ten. Before they could say any more, a small girl with long blonde hair, looking only about ten years old, calls out from the carriage for someone to help her gramps, who was fatally wounded by an arrow. Toya asks Linz if she can use healing magic on the old man, but she says her magic is not strong enough. With no other option, Toya tries to heal him himself. He casts a port to remove the arrow from the old man's body before quickly casting Cure Heal to close the wound. The girl cries tears of relief when the old man is safe. So Gramps lives. Gramps is is living. Oh, yes. That's what we needed. After burying the fallen guards, the old man and the girl introduce themselves as Liam, servant to the Ortolind household, and Sushi Irina Ortolind, daughter of Duke Alfred Ernest er- Ortolind, who was the younger brother of Quinn of King Tristwin Ernest Belfast. What a god hard name to say. <laughs> Meaning Tristwin. I'm not even I'm not even joking. T R I S T W I N. Tristwin. Tristwin. <laughs> Dude, I feel bad for his wife. Having what, oh, to is, say that in bed. What is what Tristwin. is Oh no, it's it's Al- Alfred's wife's name is something normal. Oh no 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 Tristwin's wife's name is something normal. Okay, we, but we, she we has meet, to say a fucked up name. We we meet her. It's like it's like Ellen or something like that. Good for her, but damn. Um Meaning Sushi is a noble of Belfast. Upon hearing this, the girls bow down. But Sushi tells them there are no need for formalities and that they can call her Sue. When Toya asks what Sue was doing out of the capital, she tells them she was visiting her mother's family living out of town and were on their way back when her envoy was ambushed. Envoy? Yeah. Envoy, envoy. Okay, continue. (laughs) You're good. It happens. It does. God damn it, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That was so loud. That has been a lot today. Dude, I felt it in my chest. I I apologize. Toya suspects the summoner's motive for the assault may have been to kidnap or assassinate Sue herself. Unfortunately, since Yai killed said summoner, they cannot know for sure. Liam, in light of this, asks Toya's party if they can continue to guard Sue until they reach the capital. They agree, and both vehicles depart with... Excuse me. With one of the three remaining guards riding ahead to bring a message to her father about what happened. They safely arrive at the capital, easily passing through checkpoints because Sue and her family crest on the carriage and continue through the city towards Sue's residence. 
where they are greeted by the servants and Duke Alfred himself, who is grateful to Toya's party for saving his daughter. Toya introduces himself to the Duke, and he too assumes Toya is from Ishin. The Duke invites them inside for tea, and they discuss who might be behind the attack on Sue with little, ex with little success. Sue later arrives and reveals her mother, Duchess Ellen uh, Ernia Ortland is blind due to an illness she was inflicted with years ago, and that Sue had went to her mother's family hoping to find some someone who could use recovery. A powerful Nelspil used by Sue's long deceased maternal grandfather to cue cue to cure human abnormalities, but to no avail. Hearing this, the girls dis realize that since Toya can use any null spell, he can try to use recovery on the Duchess. The Duke brings the party to his wife, where Toya successfully casts cast the spell, and the family rejoice at her restored eyesight. Duke Alfred is so thankful to Toya's party that he awards them ten platinum coins, one platinum being worth ten gold coins, as well as a medal for each of them that has the crest that acts as support from the Duke's family. Toya's party then says goodbye to Sue and her family before continuing to their original quest. Yaya reveals that the intended recipient for the letter, Viscount Sordrick, is the very man she is looking for, being a former student of her father. They arrive at Sordrick's estate and give the letter to him, and, <clears throat> and as requested, he gives them his reply, but as they're about to leave, Sordrick recognizes Yai as the daughter of his former teacher. Yai explains to Sordrick that her father told her to seek him for matters of swordplay. At this, Sordrick takes them to his garden styled like a Japanese dojo, where he tells Yai to choose a wooden sword before challenging her to a duel, which she loses. Sordrick tells Yai that while her swordplay was excellent, she must learn what she seeks from her blade, and that she can come back to him when she does. You're doing great. Whew. We're almost to chapter three. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're doing good. <laughs> Noticing that Yali looked glum after her defeat, Elise uh, suggested to her to join Toya's party in Reeflet where she can continue training which Yai accepts. Reflecting on the duel, Yai cannot figure out how Sordrick pulled off the finishing strike so quickly. Toya then reveals he recorded the entire duel on his smartphone, which he passes off as his all null, ma null magic skill, um, so that they can analyze the fight. Yai watches the footage and figures out that Sordrick had used Shadow Sword a technique that turns fighting spirit into an illusionary blade, uh, lifelike enough to fool the opponent. So when she tried to block his fake overhead strike, it left her open for Sordrick to hit her from the side, realizing that Sordrick was teaching her to create her own opportunities to strike. She thanked Toya for the help and resolved to train harder. Having extra money, the party decided to do some shopping while in the capital, Toya goes out on his own to buy some armor that wouldn't hinder his agility. He learns that only enchanted leather armor is strong and agile. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That it is as strong and agile as metal armor. 
and so heads to a nobles-only shop called Burkett. Toya notes the large number of beast folk in the capital and meets a young demi-human fox girl named Arma, who was supposed to meet her older sister at a magic shop called Luca, but had gotten lost. Toya walks with her to the store where she reunites with her sister as she thanks him for bringing her sister back and continues on his way to Burkett. When he arrives, he shows them his newly acquired royal medal and they show him the armors that they have. Toya picks a white fur coat that resists offensive magic the wearer has an affinity to. Perfect for him as he has all affinities. When Toya returns to Luca, a while later he does not see the Fox sisters, so he looks around the store and buys a new book about doll magic before rejoining his party. Once gathered, the party leave the capital on the cart, where Toya uses Gate to instantly return to the Silver Moon, where they arrange a place for Yai and get introduced to Micah's father, Dolan. The father... The party get treated to a celebratory dinner by Micah where Yai and her absurd metabolism proceed to eat Micah out of house and home. That's chapter two. <sighs> You're doing great. Are you following it on your computer as well? I am, yes. <laughs> okay. And I also found out that... This is so silly. I also found out that the Panty Raid episode is banned. What do you mean it's banned? It's banned. Because it, it, it's adult humor, apparently. So it's banned from all of SpongeBob stuff. So I found like a little snippet on um, YouTube, on YouTube that I'll show you. Oh, damn. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really upsetting, to be honest. Because it's on here saying this video is currently unavailable with all of the other episodes. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to speed this up a little bit mm -hmm. for chapter three. Toya, Lo Toya learns a bunch of new, like, gnaw spells. Like, enchant, paralyze, modeling, and search. Um... And he starts making shit with modeling, like shogi boards and whatnot. Why do you have Grogu? What are you doing to him? We're just hanging out. Put the baby down. We're hanging out. Put the baby down. He's sweet and fluffy. Put the baby down. God damn it. He would order your execution in a moment. I'm his mother. No, you are not. Pedro Pascal is his father, and Pedro Pascal and I are in love. If I speak it into existence enough, it will happen. You've been speaking this one to an existence for eight years, and you still haven't have it. Hasn't Actually, it's only yet. been like a year. Henry Cavill, I've been speaking into existence for about four to five years. That hasn't happened yet, which pretty, pretty sad. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> anyway. Uh, short style chapter three. They he learns all of those. Yai becomes an advent an adventurer with them, and they Toya once again brings up the fucking slime quest. Once again brings it up. No knows now that the slimes dissolve clothes, and he's like, "Yo, y'all want to do this fucking this this slime one yet?" I'm ready for the panty raid. <laughs> <laughs> <Continue>. uh, so. <laughs> 
All right, so they they end up accepting a quest to go investigate the ruins of the old of the country's old capital that was destroyed about a thousand years before this. Okay. They go through. They they beat this these monsters that were in the area, and they start looking through the old ruins, and they find this underground tomb. It takes them down, and there's this big crystal, what he says is a cricket. It looks like a cricket down there. Big crystal thing. With like broken legs and shit. Interesting. So they're using a magic light and all of a sudden it starts getting dimmer and dimmer. But the there's a red ball in the crystal cricket that starts getting brighter and brighter. Oh no. So all of a sudden it absorbs the magic, comes back to life, fucking legs go out and whatnot, it starts attacking them. So That's they literally fun. bring the roof down on this fucking thing. They they bring the roof down on this thing. And they teleport out, and it still fucking gets out. Damn. They fight it. The, none of their attacks are doing anything to it. It's absorbing magic. And then Toya realizes that it's essentially like its nucleus is small enough that he can use a port on it. Mm-hmm. So he does that. They fucking smash it. It dies. Okay. It fucking breaks into a bunch of pieces. That's fun. So... They um, they say they say that they investigate the the creature and figure out that it, it has properties similar to spell stones. Um, similar, and that they do magic amplif- amplification, the build up of magic energies, and the discharge of said energies. Um, they decide that they need to report it to the duke. And he says that he'll investigate the matter with his people. Which means it will never fucking happen. And that's chapter three, in a nutshell. Gotcha. Moving on. So, chapter Ooh. four. Okay, it does happen at the beginning of this. Toya t- transcribes photos that he took of the ancient writing in the ruins using a new null spell called Drawing. That acts like a printer and copies the pictures onto paper, which he then brings to Duke Alfred himself. However, no sooner had Toya arrived at the Duke's estate than he finds him leaving in a carriage. When the Duke sees Toya, he immediately urges him to come along. Uh, Once on their way, the Duke explains that his brother, King Tristwin, has been poisoned, and while the the royal physicians were able to stave off his death, they are afraid the king might not last lo- any longer. Really? Yeah, taking a video. Oh, I, I see. I saw. I'll send it to you in D. It's a good time. You're testing me. I know. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. Um. When Toya asks... What the Duke needs needs him for, he replies that he was hoping Toya could use recovery on the king, just like he did to Duchess Ellen. He also notes that whoever poisoned his brother may be the same one who was the mastermind behind the earlier incident with Sue in an attempt to dissuade the king from making an alliance with the beast folk country of Mizmead. As many older nobles still see them as inferior and continue to mistreat them 
despite the king's effort to discourage the discrimination. Duke Alfred specifically suspects that they, uh, that they plan to murder the king and have their son marry the, prin- the king's daughter, Princess Eumina Arena Belfast, and seize power for themselves. Once the, pa- the pair arrive at the royal castle, Duke takes Toya straight to King Tristan's room. On the way, they encounter Count Balsa, a suspicious noble whom Toya describes as looking like a toad. <laughs> the Count tells them that they have caught and imprisoned the perpetrator, which was supposedly the ambassador from Mismede, as the king collapsed right after drinking a glass of wine given to him from said ambassador. Both the Duke and Toya doubt the Count's words, as a brazen attack like this would make no sense as it would as it would lead to an all-out war. Count Balsa declares the ambassador should be executed immediately, but Duke Alfred rebukes him, angrily stating that only his brother can decide that. The Count relents but slyly warns the Duke that other nobles will not hold back their retaliation should the king pass. From observing the Count's attitude to the ambassador, Toya guesses inwardly, that he was the one of the nobles against the Belfast Mismeet Alliance, giving him perfect motive to carry out the plot. Now we have royal espionage. Yeah. I'm looking at how many more bigger paragraphs we have left. Yeah, there's a lot in chapter four. Yeah. The pair finally arrive at Queen... King Tristwin's room. I keep wanting to call him... Tristan? Wing Twistwin. <laughs> King Tristwin, where his wife, Queen Yule Urena Belfast, his daughter, General Leon Blitz, court magician Charlotte, and the royal family's physician were all gathered around the king on his bed. Toya successfully uses recovery on the king and, it, and is healed in the royal family embrace. Then, after some short introductions, they discuss what to do about the situation. King Tristwin, too, doubts the ambassador's guilt, but the evidence against her seems overwhelming. He decides for now to meet with the ambassador herself and orders General Leon to bring her to him. As Toyo ponders about how all of this happened, Princess Yamina calls him. He describes her as looking two or three years older than Sue with the same blonde hair but also notes her differently colored eyes. Blue on the right, green on the left. She thanks Toya for saving her father before asking him if he dislikes younger women. The ambassador arrives before Toya can answer. She states her name as Olga Strand and Toya recognizes her as the older sister of the fox girl he helped on find her way during his first visit to the capital. Olga insists she is innocent, and while the king believes her, they both agree that that she has no way of proving so. Toya asks General Leon where did the king did King Tristwin collapse, and when he answers the main dining hall, Toya requests him to bring him there to inspect it. Uh, When he arrives, Toya does a search of the entire place and finds the poison. He then asks Leon to make some preparations and to gather everyone in the dining hall, including Count Balsa, to catch the true perpetrator. Once they arrive, 
Hoya drinks Olga's wine straight from the bottle in front of everyone, turning out completely fine. He then gives another kind of wine to Leon, uh, using an ordinary glass from the dining table, which he also drinks without problem. But when Toya forces on Count Balsam wine with, with the glass that had been at Cr King Tristwin's seat, he acts like he was poisoned. Toya assures the Count that he was not poisoned, having already found and removed the poison prior. But his reactions at that very moment reveal Count Balsa had placed the poison on the glass itself to kill the king, with the wine from Olga completely safe. Exposed, Count tries to flee, but Toya stops him with slip. He is caught and sentenced to death, confessing to the assassination attempt as well as the attempted kidnapping of Sue. Whew, That's that what I call a murder mystery party. His wife was also killed and so were his all of his children and his siblings and his parents if they were alive yeah you know that was a good little mystery to quicken up the pace when you when you execute a noble you execute to three generations that makes sense yeah that makes sense King Tristwin thanks Toya for his service and wants to give him a reward, but he declines, saying it's only natural that he does this. Court magician Charlotte is astonished that Toya can use so many null spells, and after learning Toya can use reading, she has him translate some ancient spirit scrolls for her research. Not wanting to go through countless texts, Toya uses modeling and produces a pair of glasses. Using enchant reading on them, allowing Charlotte to read the writing herself, and she leaves in a flash to continue her research. With Charlotte gone, Toya relaxes and enjoys some tea. It was then that he noticed, notices Princess Humina staring at, intently at him, making him question if he had done something to offend her. The princess then declares to her parents that she wants to marry Toya, which makes him spit out his tea <laughs> in shocked surprise. When King Tristwin <laughs> asks why his daughter explains... She would want nothing more than to be able to live with a man that brings such joy to everyone around him like Toya. Satisfied with her reply, the king approves. Jesus Christ. Toya, however... Do they know this kid is 15? <laughs> yes. How old's this girl? 12. Okay. And she already wants to get married. Yes. When I was 12, I was worried about a math test, okay? Like, <laughs> oh my god. Toya, however, objects, saying Princess Yumina knows nothing, next to nothing about him, but the king explains that his daughter has the mystic eyes of intuition, allowing her to see the true nature of a person, uh, which for her whole life has never been wrong, meaning that Yumina approving of Toya indicates that he is at least not a bad person. Toya then argues that both he and the princess are too young for marriage, Yumina being 12 years old while Toya is 15. But King Tristwin and Queen Yule reply that it is normal for nobles to get married young, recalling they themselves being engaged even younger than Toya. Toya still has his reservations, so the king suggests a compromise. Princess Yumina will live with Toya for two years as a fiancé, and if he still does not like her by then, they will call off the marriage. 
Claire reluctantly agrees, and Queen Yule encourages her daughter to steal Toya's heart within the time, or else she will become a nun. Okay. I told you it was going to happen. Okay. Let's get this straight. He does not like the bitch he in that way. He doesn't know her. Exactly. So their compromise is let's just let two pre-hubest, like prepubescent teenagers live together and for two years and see if anything changes. So, oh my god. So, he does think that she's cute. It's getting borderline pedophile because he's gonna be 17, she'll be 14. She'll be 15 when he's 17. But she's 12. Two years is 14. So yeah. now we're getting into it, it's kind not, of... It's not two years because he says 18 is when he can get married. They say Well, they say two years because he's about to turn 16. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Do they not have, like... No. Okay. They don't. You understand what I'm thinking, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So she'll be 15 when when she gets married to him at 18. Okay. Um... Weird. Uh, not like that. Um, but please, continue. Toya brings Yumina back to Reflit and introduces her to the rest of his party where she tells them of her intuition of her intention to live with Toya while for a while before marrying him. She also expresses her wishes to join the guild in order to support Toya. And when his party raises concern over the dangers of such a thing, Yumina assures them that she will should be all right as she cha- trained in magic from court magician Charlotte and archery from General Leon. What's more, Yumina has affinity for wind, dark, and earth magic, which Linz does not. They decide to have Yumina participate in a trial quest tomorrow. God, to see if she's if she's capable. You're burping a lot today. I, I don't know why. Later that evening, God later that evening, God calls Toya on his phone <laughs> to congratulate him on his engagement as well as to as to encourage Toya to do his best as the other gods in the divine realm are rooting for him. He's literally like, "Hey dude, just a quick quick check-in. You're doing great. Also, oh my god. I did see since I'm God. Congratulations." So basically, the the gist we're getting long here. So the gist of the rest of the story is the quest goes fine. Mm-hmm. Yumina is very capable, um, and she joins the party. And then Yumina teaches um, Toya about summoning magic, and he just happens to summon one of the four most powerful summons that you can, and then tames it. So now he's got What's a, new? So it was a giant white tiger and it's like, well you've got enough magic power that I can just like hang out all the time. They're like, yeah, but let's like get smaller because you're a giant fucking tiger. So he becomes this little tiger cub thing and the girls go nuts. Of course they do. And that's the first book. 
of this? <laughs> it was uh, definitely interesting. Oh, you think this is interesting? I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw out some like things. Okay, that are hit me. that are in this book series. Don't hit me, but like hit me. A harem, obviously. Obviously, it's gonna go from most obvious to like most what the fuck. Gotcha. Um, a harem. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else do we have here? More princesses. Okay. Yeah. Uh, demons. Gotta love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, time travel. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Uh, giant fighting robots. Interesting. Androids. More interesting. Monsters from a different dimension. I can see that. Um, what else do we have here? Oh, the founding of, of a new country. Okay. Um, overthrowing multiple governments. Fair. And uh, assistance in at least two civil wars. Again, fair. These are things that I've found in 14 volumes. That's halfway. The yeah. 28th volume comes out this month. Fuck. Interesting. Well, you did good reading. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, it was. That was a lot. All right, so um, I have a feeling, and I, we haven't really discussed this, but mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling this is what's what's happening. I feel like we're going to more of a bi-weekly show than a weekly show. Probably. Okay, so tune in in two weeks for a new episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will definitely have one out then. Um, I think going back to bi-weekly is going to help us out a lot. Um, our yeah. lives have been kind of crazy recently, but they're kind of getting a little crazier. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> so thanks for listening, guys. Um, if you got any suggestions or, or comments or whatnot, po- post them on the, uh, on the question. There's one on every episode. Uh, you can email us. I think it's off the books podcast Gmail. Follow us on all the social medias. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies. I actually heard that on someone else's fucking thing recently and was like, hold on a second. (laughs) There's no way they heard that from me. (laughs) Anyways, uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell your, you know, your pals, tell the kids at the playground, tell that, uh, that weird dude that lives down the street, tell the, uh, tell, tell the person that's working at the construction site up the road that, that they can just cat call it a girls all day. All right. So. All right. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. (laughs) Bye, guys. Goodbye.